This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Big news over the NFL weekend as Julio Jones' trade finally came to fruition. The Atlanta Falcons sent Julio to the Tennessee Titans, and in return, the Tennessee Titans sent back a second and a fourth round pick. Sixth round pick from Atlanta, also heading back to Tennessee with Julio Jones. Atlanta got fleeced. So there I'll we go. It just now. starting it on the surface, just looking at it before we break down I, how it looks on I the think field. It's too just quick the to trade make that, value. That judgment here. No, you think it's too it quick? Is. No, he they got, got fleeced. If, if Julio Jones is the Julio Jones that we saw he last does. year, then okay, big if. But yeah, you're right. If if but that's the most recent Julio Jones we've seen. You wouldn't bet he's on getting that, older. You wouldn't bet on that. He was Julio beat Jones up last year too. Don't don't forget Especially, that he was hurt. You think about like just the the mental state of all right now I'm in a team that's a contender in his mind in Tennessee and they are a contender for sure with his addition as well no doubt I mean you got to think about it too he was, I think they got fleeced I'm agree I with mean you. he was beat up last year he only played nine games he still had 51 catches for 771 <laughs> yards I mean that's 15.1 a catch by the way. Uh, if he plays, and that's only in nine games, if he plays 13, 14, he's up over 1,000 yards. I know he didn't because he was hurt, but if he plays all all 16, I mean, he, he's over 1,000 yards. He's probably an all-pro again. He had made five consecutive all-pro teams before that. And it's not like injuries has been a problem in his no. past. No, and I get your point, though, that he is getting old. He's 32. He will, you know, I get that, but, but at look, the same second time. Second and a fourth. I, I just feel like you could have at least gotten a first round pick. What, what, the, what I can't remember. What did the Steelers give up for AB again? A they got a third a round pick for. It was a third and a fifth. Yeah, third and a fifth. Is what what's better? What's a better return? A third and a fifth or a second and a fourth? I mean, a second and a fourth. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's for a. I guess you know you can look at Julio's career. It's a longer sample size. It's a more consistent sample size. I know what happened with AB happened, um, and the Steelers really at that point were just like, we just want him the hell out of here. We'll take whatever we can get. And at that point, that was a pretty decent return for him. But, I mean, it's still, I mean. This pick is, this second round pick is going to be later in the second round. Yeah. The Titans yeah. are going to go to the playoffs in most people's minds. So that at least puts your pick towards the 20s. And then who knows how far they could go. You're talking about a team that just went to the AFC Championship game two years ago without yeah. Julio Jones. Right, right. I mean, you look at this offense, and a lot of people – I think a lot of people are, are down on Ryan Tannehill. I really don't understand that. We'll, we'll get into him um, versus Matt Ryan in a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, I, you give him the weapons. I, I mean, you look at what they've done the last handful of years. They've been a perennial playoff team. What was it, two or three years ago, they beat the Patriots. You know what I mean? When the Patriots were still, everyone thought they were still in their dynasty and all that, and then all of a sudden they beat them. They they, they had the, the Kansas City Chiefs, what was it, 14 nothing I believe, in the, in the yeah, AFC Championship early. game. Um, and they ended up losing. I know they ended up losing, but I mean, they've had success last year. They had success too in the playoffs. I mean, you look at their weapons. I mean, you look at their wide receiving core. I know they lost John U. Smith and that's kind of a big loss. I know they lost um, uh, Corey Davis and that's, you know, I'm not saying it's a huge loss, but it's a loss for them. But you bring in Julio Jones, you pair him with that wide receiving core there. And oh, by the way, you have the best running back in football. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has all the options in the world. I mean, if he takes care of the ball, which he's done in his career, and at least since he's gotten to Tennessee, he's taking care of the ba- of the football. I almost said baseball for some reason, but he's uh, taking care of the football. Um, if he does that, uh, how do you, how do you slow down that offense? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, can you put? You can't afford to put seven, eight guys in the box to try to slow down Henry when you have AJ Brown, when you have Julio Jones. You know what I mean? Like, 
defenses are going to be in a real tough position when they play the Titans now. Before we get too far into the weeds on that, though, what do you think caused it to not be a first-round pick? Do you think it had something to do with the salary that Julio commands? Is it what Jacob's saying, and it's all the injury questions from last year? Is it kind of a perfect storm of all of that? Or is it just bad management from the Falcons? I think it's all the above. I, I mean, I do think, too, I know we kind of touched on this before. I think Shannon Sharp kind of had something to do with this, too, when he called him. Uh, when he called Julio, Julio Jones. saying, by the way, that he did not know that and, he was on. I mean, he TV. said that from the from the jump. I mean, granted, maybe they called each other and Julio said, look, if I say this on TV, there's no way I'm going to be here, which that could have happened. This could all be kind of a work. But at the same time, he keeps saying that he didn't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that had something to do with it, too, you know, publicly, whether or not he knew that it was public, that he was saying, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, maybe the, the maybe the Falcons took that and said, okay, you don't want to be here. You want to go on a TV show and and say it. Well, okay, fine. We'll, we'll get rid of you. And you know, but I do think, as you said, it's a combination of all the things. I think it's a little bit of mismanagement. I think it's a little bit of the fact that you know, yes, he is getting older, so you can dump him and and be, you know not be as upset about it as you would have been you know three four years ago. Um, I get that point, but I think you know really when you look, at it, I just think it's it's all of that. I think it's a combination of all the above. I think it's all of it too, but if if you were to think one stood out more as a determining factor than the others, which would you say of those three, Kellen? The salary. Yeah, you think I mean, so? I would say the salary because the Falcons have to eat it, right? I right. mean, that's part of it. I mean, I mean, yeah, what they're on the the hook. Yeah, they're on the hook for like fifteen point three million, I suppose, uh, in the remaining two years on the Fal- or the Falcons. Um, I guess only have seven point seven five million. I was reading what the Titans are owed to him, um, but the Falcons still have seven point seven five million in dead money, shedding you know Jones's larger mm. cap. So I I think it's probably the money aspect of it. But again, I mean, you, it's tough to pinpoint one thing when all three, all four, whatever you want to say, definitely had some sort of contributing factor. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it. he is thirty two. He's getting older. Will he? You know, will. You know, the 51 catches for 771 in nine games be, you know, what we see from here on out. I think that's probably not the case, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. I I, I just don't know what Atlanta did that made him be so down on staying in that with that franchise. I mean, we've had mo- many conversations. We'll have many more to come, including in this episode about Matt Ryan's quality of play, but. Still, you were still going to be that guy, even though they brought in Kyle Pitts. He's not a threat to your spot on the roster. No. He's a completely different position, and you're still Julio Jones. I mean, we don't know if Kyle Pitts is going to be this all-pro talent that he that only Kyle Pitts claims to be. Now, of course, he was the highest-taken tight end in, in the draft since, what, 1960 or something like that. Modern era, yeah. But it doesn't matter in terms of Julio Jones's game because – Julio Jones, his whole career, has had people line up with him, whether it's at the tight end position, like guys like Austin Hooper, or opposite on the opposite side of the sideline, like Calvin Ridley. It, none of them were significant target snatchers or yard snatchers or touchdown snatchers for Julio. Julio is a different kind of receiver. Julio is a guy that can go out and get you 300 yards a game or can get you the, the most insane catch on the sideline to – secure a Super Bowl win, even though that didn't happen. We all thought that play against the Patriots, that tiptoe catch he made was going to be the the nail in the coffin for the, for the Patriots, except for the fact that Tom Brady was still alive and 
and breathing. That's why the Patriots won that game. But Julio Jones can do all of the above for you, and I don't know why that, similar to the situation going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, why Atlanta was so, I guess, I don't know, we 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 heard a lot more from the Aaron Rodgers side of things compared to Julio's story about the Falcons, but it didn't seem like Atlanta was doing the right thing in, in terms of getting him to stay in Atlanta. No, I don't think they were either, and just keeping it in that frame of mind, looking at it from the Falcons' perspective, it's kind of weird that not only did they end up trading Julio Jones, but their draft, like you said, of Kyle Pitts was geared towards having Julio Jones and just creating that monster offense. They rework Matt Ryan's contract so that they can keep him around for uh, a couple more seasons, buying back into him. If you knew that you were going to trade Julio Jones or that Julio Jones wanted out, which I'm sure you would have had to had some inkling of, why wouldn't you just use this opportunity as a chance to really just blow it all up and rebuild it, trade Matt Ryan at the draft? Uh, there's teams that have been hungry for quarterbacks this year. I mean, I can't remember a market with quarterbacks. I mean, we saw two first-round picks, two former first overall picks get swapped yeah. for each other in Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. We saw Carson Wentz get on the move to Indianapolis. I mean, the trade market was alive and well for quarterbacks, and I just I scratch my head at where the Falcons are going with this because it kind of feels like Julio Jones is the first step in a big rebuild and Matt Ryan would have been just a natural choice to trade as well as you try to burn it down, potentially get a top three pick next year and just hope that you find that next quarterback. But instead it's kind of like they're putting half their toe in the water and keeping the other half out as they do ship Jones off kind of rebuilding i mean 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick in return but their offense is still really good exactly so it's kind of like they're still i guess hoping to make the playoffs this year but you just made your team you just made your team worse no matter how you slice it no matter how good kyle pitts is all the focus could have been kyle pitts with julio jones Jones. yeah all the focus now on defense the schemes every week going into that matchup against the falcons everyone's going to say how do we stop Kyle Pitts? Not how are we going to manage stopping both Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones? So I have to wonder if it was just a total fractured relationship between Julio and the team. And I don't want to say Julio and Matt Ryan because I don't think that there was ever any rumblings about them being any sort of trouble in paradise between those no. two. No, I, I don't know. I mean, it's again, maybe the whole I mean, how could Julio hate Matt Ryan? I mean, Matt Ryan's I'm sure he does the guy who threw the ball to him. Mm-hmm. The yeah, majority of the time, the, his whole career, mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame career for Julio Jones. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I don't think there's, I don't think it's a thing between Matt Ryan and him. I mean, again, just what three years ago, four, like I said, it was five years ago, you're in the Super Bowl. You know what it's I mean? A long time like, ago, yeah, it's not that long ago. And then, you know, I guess ever since then, you've kind of been cursed, and maybe that's what um, Julio's thinking about. But, but I it's really, weird because like you, you, that narrative happens. But I, we've said it before; they were in the playoffs with a. A goal to go chance to beat the mm-hmm. eventual Super Bowl champion yeah, Eagles that year right after that Super yeah, Bowl. That's true. So it's not like they completely just collapsed away. No. They were a playoff team the very next season. No, they were. Um, and again, I just think maybe there's something, you know, maybe the Falcons didn't plan on this. And maybe the, the Shannon Sharp thing and him going on was the, the spark that lit, you know, the thing ablaze. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know that for fact, but I just, you illustrated it, Tom. Like you would think that. If you're going to blow something up, if you're going to blow the team up, Matt Ryan, you blow up your best player and then your quarterback, too, who's aging. And, you know, mm-hmm. you'd think that would be the formula for it. 
but that's not what they did. They just got rid of their best player. Now, granted, I did say their offense is still good, which it is, but you would think that that would be the route that you would go. You would take the quarterback away. You take your best player away. Again, I don't, I don't know this for fact, but I, I wonder if Atlanta really didn't think to do this. And then once the stuff on TV came out, they said, oh, man, we didn't plan for this. But what can we get for Julio? That could be the case. Also wonder if maybe they look at this next crop of quarterbacks yeah, maybe in they this get coming one. class and they say to themselves, no, I think maybe they say to themselves, you know, oh, what? it's not that one. deep of a class. Yeah. Spencer Rattler, who is the lead favorite right now, doesn't really do it for us. Maybe we just go with Matt Ryan Say he gets us to seven and ten. Okay, we pick in the middle of the draft. We start to look into moving Matt Ryan in this offseason, get some capital back for him, and maybe tank for maybe a guy who's a sophomore now and yeah. will be a pro Could in be. the twenty twenty three draft. Is the the answer there? So maybe that's it. Maybe they got their eye way down the road, but I don't know. Something just doesn't jive as far as how they're operating their team. For it seems like run a playoff run while also trading away one of their most dynamic players for, you know, capital, but not blow me away two first round picks kind of capital. Yeah. And oh, by the way, they really didn't help their defense much. Who's really struggled over the last. It's been the reason why they've been out of the right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they have a good offense even without Julio Jones. And again, that leads me to believe that they didn't think that they were going to trade Julio Jones, you know, at least, when the draft was going on, because if you were, you probably would have addressed your defense right. more. Maybe, I mean, I know you get Kyle Pitts, who's, a, you know, who, you know, is probably one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen. Um, but you would think that, hey, if we're going to get rid of Julio, that would probably mean we need to soup up the defense because we're not going to score as draft. many points. Right. You know, I think that would be something that would be on the Atlanta Falcons' minds, but they didn't really do that. Um, I mean, again, I know they got Kyle Pitts. Maybe they're thinking it's just as easy as drafting Kyle Pitts to replace Julio Jones. I'm not saying that's the right fra- frame mm. of mind or that it isn't. But if they would have gone defense in the draft, if they were going to do this, they could have also – the defensive prospects weren't that great at the top end top. of this draft. They could have traded back towards number nine, number ten, got, got really an extra defense player, yeah. get some more capital. So, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly – it wouldn't be surprising if this all kind of came together – spur of the moment almost yeah they heard that julio wasn't happy and they said oh if he's not happy we can shop him let's see what we get and i don't know again i said in the top i think they got fleeced Uh, they probably viewed this as a really good deal and something that can you know help them for the future but you would think that you probably you would get a better offer from somebody yeah Yeah, i mean this can't be the best offer that they had right unless they think that it is so what so how did this come to be then? How how is it that Julio ended up in Tennessee if all that was given in return was a second and a fourth? If there were multiple teams interested, and we were talking about the Ravens and the Patriots being one, these are teams who were willing to make big moves. I can't imagine. Well, obviously, no one offered a first round pick. I would yeah, have to think. Um, clearly, I mean, do you think? Do you think it. the asking price was for other teams just one first round pick, and then Atlanta said we can't just take. We need more than one pick, right? That that could be a scenario, yeah, that could have played out because I just can't believe the asking price seems higher. to be yeah yeah. I mean, this is a guy who is going to be a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest at his positions ever to do it, and you're telling me no one's willing to give up more than just a first round for this guy? Yeah, we just talked about how he had an injury riddled season last year, and he's on the wrong end of thirty, but he's still when he was out there, he was still able to make Julio Jones like catches. So I don't understand why other teams are so down on him now. Well, one team that's not down on the mm. price tag is the Tennessee Titans. And 
They do have some bookkeeping to do. They only have about $3.4 million in salary cap space uh, as it stands, so they have to move some money around to make it work for the $15.3 million base salary that he is due in 2021 that they're going to be on the books for. So that likely means some restructures from Tannehill or Henry, but I think those guys will be more than happy to kick some money down the road if it means bringing in a weapon like this. Tennessee's offense... <sighs> For the past couple of seasons, has kind of seemed to be vanilla to a lot of people. It's a lot of just old school ground and pound football. Tannehill makes the plays when he needs to make the plays, but he's not going to be relied upon. But now you could really make the argument that they might have the best offense in football right there with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just as far as sheer weaponry at Tannehill's disposal. I mean, he's got the best running back in football. That's not really debatable at no. this point. Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards last year, so yeah. that pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah. They um, have A.J. Brown, who is a number one wide receiver, uh -huh. and now he's not even the number one wide receiver on two. his own team. He's their number two as Julio Jones, who still probably, when healthy, has a stake to a top three wide receiver in the entire league on their, their team. And, by the way, their offensive line, led by their – Leader, whether that just be vocally in the public eye, Taylor Luan is an incredibly good, solid offensive line that clearly is uh, such because you see the numbers that Derrick Henry puts up wouldn't be able to put it up behind a line that was anything but good to great. So a lot of the keys fall into Ryan Tannehill and his yeah. performance here. And is Ryan Tannehill an upgrade for Julio Jones in your mind as far as the quarterback position? Because honestly, I think Matt Ryan as a pure quarterback is better than Ryan Tannehill. But, but right I don't now, think Ryan Tannehill's bad. Like right I think now, Ryan Tannehill's really maybe right there with Matt Ryan right now. Yeah, I would say right now. I mean, this is a guy, Tannehill, who's led his team to the postseason. And he's younger, so. Right. I mean, you've got more room to work with him if you're Julio now. I mean, yeah, Matt got, Ryan's towards the end of his career. Not only has he gotten to the postseason, he's gotten farther, further than Matt Ryan has recently. I mean, yeah, Matt Ryan got to the Super Bowl, but that was, as you guys pointed out, five years ago. Th this Ryan is Tannehill got to the AC Championship with a 14 or nothing lead two years ago. They've been in the playoffs three of the past four seasons. Yeah. And like you said, there's an AFC title game run in there as well. They beat the Patriots, who were defending Super Bowl champions at no one No one point. gave them a chance in that game either. Everybody I did. thought that the I Patriots— I remember that. Oh, get out of here. I did. I swear. I remember. Everybody thought that the Patriots, except for Kellen, apparently, were That run that they them. made that year, all, all three games were impressive, even though they lost yeah, the third. Yeah, it was. Because the they're going to lose to the Patriots. They're going to lose to the Ravens. Ravens yeah. And then it just didn't happen. They're going to lose to the Chiefs, but they go up 14 nothing. Sure, they still The Patriots lose. game was a little, you know— Tongue in cheek, low scoring. The Ravens, they kind of smacked in the mouth that oh, year. Oh, absolutely. That, game. that yeah. was the that Derek. Was, that was a Derek Henry touch pass. Yeah, yeah right. Jump pass in the end zone. What a what a play call by Mike Rabel there. But yeah, I and mean, what a great coach he's been. I mean, just seriously. instantly come in and yeah. been one of the better coaches in the NFL. We talk about importance of quarterbacks. I mean, head coaches just as if not more important, more valuable and. They got lucky. I mean, they brought in a guy like Ryan Tannehill who seemed cursed from the beginning to work with Adam Gase. People thought this is just a guy that is not going to pan out. But Tennessee took the chance and brought him in and said he is not the quarterback that that he is when playing under Adam Gase. And they go out and they get lucky that Mike Rabel is able to turn from a player to a coach effortlessly and lead this team, as you guys illustrated, to three out of four the past four years. It's a lot on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders, though. He's yeah. obviously got a 
open up the passing game a little bit more. You don't bring in a weapon like this to not open up the passing game a little mm, bit more. No, but I think at the same time, having all the weapons and also having Henry, I know what you're saying. It does create more pressure for him, and you do have to open up the passing game a little more, but it might be less pressure on him too because, hey, I have you know one of the best receivers ever alive in yeah. Julio Jones, and I have a, a spurring superstar in A.J. Brown who – you know, would be a number one on probably half, if not more, of the well, teams was, in the NFL. They were ready to make him their number one, too. Yes, I they don't were. think when this offseason started, they had eyes for Julio Jones. No. And then they lost Corey Davis to the New York Jets in free agency. So they were ready to slide A.J. Brown as yeah. their number one option. Right. And, I mean, th I think you're in a good situation if you're Ryan Tannehill. Oh, by the way, um, I can hand it off to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. You know what I mean? We can, you know, sulk leads away. We can do that sort of thing. I can use him for play action. Oh, there's Julio running wide open in the middle of the field after a play action pass. That helps. Um, you know, that's the type of thing that they ha they have created now. Like I said at the top, they're going to be a tough team to play against if, when you're an opposing defense because, like I said, do you put six, seven guys, eight guys in the box to try to slow Derrick Henry down and then single cover A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? Yikes. I mean, that's not a good situation to be in. And I know, you know, like you said, um, they probably rival Kansas City for one of the best offenses in football, and I buy that. Don't forget, their number three wide receiver is Josh Reynolds. I mean, that's that's not bad. Is your number three wide receiver? That's pretty good. I know the tight end doesn't have as much. And they lost Johnny Smith as he went to losing, New England. Yeah, losing Johnny Smith, that's tough. I but mean, they brought in. Isn't it Jared Cook now? Who's there? They brought in from New Orleans. Um, oh my God, is Jared they got, Cook? No, still they, alive? they have Jeff Swaim as their number two. Anthony Ferkser, Ferkser is their number Easy one. There, Ferkser. I got it. F-I-R-K-S-E-R. Jared Ferkser. Cook is probably still in the league somewhere, though, Jacob. That guy is never going to leave. That guy's been around forever. And yep, I mean, he's on the Chargers. The Chargers, yeah. sorry. But Another I mean, AFC team, though. What I'm saying is, is that, yeah, they're, they're, you know, once you get to the tight end position, it's not as flashy as, obviously, as, as Kelsey in, in, in Kansas City. But they do have a really good But offense. what they make up with that, I mean, other than Tyreek Hill, I mean, at the wide receiver spot, yeah. it, Kelsey's the next option there. Right, right, right. Whereas, you know... It's A.J. Brown, it's Julio Jones, and, then, and it's Derrick Henry. And then you have Josh Reynolds as the fifth option or, you know, fifth or sixth behind, you know, those guys. That's pretty good. And I, I know that puts a lot of pressure on Tannehill to maybe, you know, throw the ball more. Um, he was only 15th in the league last year in passing yards. It was like 38, 41 or something like that. Um, he was 15th in the league in passing yards, but he was seventh in touchdowns and seventh in interceptions. That's the key to their offense. As long as he takes care of the ball – you know, good things are in store for the Titans, and even more so now. Uh, you've seen the meme, uh, you screw it. You know, Julio Jones is down there somewhere, and A.J. Brown's down there somewhere. It's kind of the mindset that he's probably going to be in now. Those guys are going to make contested catches for him. Yeah, losing losing a guy like Corey Davis and losing a tight end like John U. Smith seems bad when they happen, but if you're going to fill those holes with a guy like Julio Jones, those holes aren't just filled. Those holes have gone from hills to, to mountains. So I think they're going to be okay. They're just now, instead of a team that has various weapons all across the field, it's really just a two-headed monster and Derrick Henry and, and Julio Jones, and they happen to have a really, really good wide receiver one any, on any other team in A.J. Brown. And finally, where does this put the Titans in the hierarchy of the AFC? I still don't think they're as good as the Chiefs. I still don't even put them as good as the Buffalo Bills. Although this signing is flashy and or this trade is flashy and it really sets their offense apart from a lot of the rest of the league. You played 
on two sides of the ball in football. Yeah. And although their, their defense, defense isn't terrible, no, it's, not it's still not the best defense in the league. No. They're going to no, have they to score a lot of first-round draft pick. They did. They're going to have to score some points, though. That's going to be their identity this year. Um, and they have such a good running, or such a good running game with the best running back in the NFL that that helps an average defense yeah. play a little bit better. Makes you look a little bit better. You get the ball under your control for the majority of the game. Always a good thing in the NFL, but I think I'm ready to put them at number three. I think really? as it sits right now, I have them right behind the Bills. I think this might be the move that pushes them just over the Cleveland Browns. I know the Cleveland Browns defense on paper looks better, but remember last year their defense was almost comparable to what the Titans were. So mm. I think the Titans got a lot. It's so close to my mind between the Browns and the Titans, but I'm going to Maybe just for the sake of this podcast to give it a little pizzazz, going to say that the Titans now, I think, mm. pass the Browns. They're sitting at number three in my eyes in the AFC. They're definitely close. They've definitely ascended. Would you say definitely AFC South favorite now? Yes. Oh, okay, without yeah. question. Before the Julio Jones signing, were, were you saying that, though? In terms uh, of I was saying AFC it was South and Titans. But you think this again. ended that discussion? I think so. For I sure. think that does put them over the top. Yeah. Also, they don't have the question at quarterback that the Colts did. Right, but that's my counter argument. You're bringing in a receiver. They're bringing in a, a quarterback who is a question though whereas the titans quarterback might be better than carson Wentz. who was anyway. a question when he lost his offensive coordinator who led him to a a what 14 and 2 or 15 and 1 or something like that record his best statistical season with frank reich i mean i don't think it's that much of a question it's just how much can how, how well can he escape the plunders that he fell into in Philly without Even if Frank he Reich. does have a reawakening of Frank Reich, Carson Wentz, it's not enough, I think, to carry I still think, past the But Titans. I still think it's more significant to bring in a new quarterback versus a new receiver. So you think he's better? You think the Colts are going to be better? I don't know. I don't think it's I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't, I certainly don't have them as a number three. I, have, I still have the Browns as my number three team, maybe even the Ravens as number four. And then it's a toss-up for number five. Between... So they brought in, like, the 12th-ranked quarterback, 13th-ranked quarterback when he's healthy in Carson Wentz versus maybe the number two wide receiver in the NFL. But we talk about impact, and we know the more valuable player is the quarterback. How much better is he going to be from 2020 Phillip Rivers? We don't know. Carson Wentz. How much better is Julio Jones going to be from 2020? A lot. Corey Davis? A lot. I think he's going to be a lot. You think so? Yeah. Corey Davis had a better season than Julio did Healthy-wise, though, he was healthy. I think it's going to be big time. I got him third. I definitely got him win the South, and I got him third. Yeah, I think they win the South. I think this makes them favorites to win the South without question. Um, Again, I think it'll be competitive. I'm not saying that the the Colts are going to stink. I— but I do think this takes it takes um, the Titans out from that that rank, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. I think they're they're solid. They're in solidly in the playoff. Hunt oh yeah, now. I mean they're they're not going to well, be no doubt. I mean they're they're I think they're a top five team in the AFC now. I think that you were just outside that last year or coming into this before this trade. Now I think you're a top five team in the AFC. I think without question you're you're a playoff team. Um, at this point, again, uh, that's all predicated on if Tannehill continues to do the things that he's done thus far. And that's taking care of the football and making the plays when he's called upon. Now it's a lot easier having one of the best receivers ever. Right. It's also how how will how will Tennessee do in using Julio Jones? They haven't had to, they haven't had the luxury of having a player at that position at, at, in the Mike Vrabel. Ryan Tannehill era. It's always been Derrick Henry first, and let's get AJ Brown the ball when we can. Now that they have Julio, is that going to be maybe 
a problem of there's only one ball between a top two wide receiver and the number one running back. Well, I know one thing's for sure. Life got a lot tougher for the Pittsburgh Steelers as far as them making the playoffs. Good luck. And the Pittsburgh Steelers will see Julio Jones in person at Heinz Field on December 19th as part of their Week 15 matchup. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. You can check out all of our episodes at Steelers.com. Just look for the podcast tab and look for Steelers Standard. We always appreciate you checking out our work. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Opperman. Thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next time.